0: All right. I All right before, we get start, before we get started, James, I just want to say marijuana.
1: <laughs> I don't have any. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Good morning. Hi, how are you today?
1: How was your week?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if you do this, but well, I, I have marijuana. Been,
1: no, I don't do. Well, marijuana. I do. The,
0: I'm talking about balance now, right? Balance, so in balance? Arizona, we had a proposal for marijuana, mm-hmm. and so. Um, what I do every election is I get the ballot mail to me, and then I'll sit for like maybe two hours and go through every single thing, every single person. I'll read what they have on their websites. <clears throat> I'll read the news, and I try to do some critical thinking about it. But often, sometimes um, it comes down to who has the prettiest website.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did that one time in Texas. Uh, I vote. I don't remember it was a. Con- Congressional seat, and I voted for the Republican only because the Democrats' website was so terrible, and the Republicans was clear and concise and made sense.
0: Well, if you're talking, from I, just, I,
1: I gave up on the Democrats. I mean, not that I, I, like I said, I'm usually a little bit conservative anyway, and I have in the past been a registered, registered Republican. But I was so indignant with how bad the Democrats' website was, I just didn't even give them a
0: chance. Well, from a management point of view, you want to elect somebody who's at least good at management, right? So if he can't manage his website, how can you expect him demand in an electronic world that we live in?
1: And I say that is one of the things that was disappointing about the McCain um, presidential run in 2000. Was that 2008? Yeah. Yes, 2008, yeah. when he had the nomination. Because I don't people probably don't remember this, but he his campaign kind of went off the rails at the beginning of the campaign. And he, he, he got it back. He obviously got it back because he got the nomination. But then when he picked Palin, it kind of went off the rails again at the end.
0: So what so, about the website? How is that related to the website?
1: I don't know. I was just talking about politicians going off the rails. Oh, right,
0: right, right.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I, and Romney, actually, one of the reasons Romney didn't get my vote was because he. I actually went and tried to understand his economic p- policies on his website, and he had an eight page document, which I read through, and what annoyed me most about it was there were two parts to it. Um, one part was attacking everything Obama was doing, so this, is, this was Obama's midterm election. Oh, right, right. And the other half was saying, this is what I'm going to do, which was a link to like a 300 page economic report. It's like, I can't read that. This is, you know, do you have nothing that I can consume on your website that makes, that is more than just the bullet point you have for jobs grow up? that actually explains that without having to read like six different 300 page reports by econ- econ-
0: economists? Well, this is going to sound strange because I don't think many people do this and obviously not in your case. I love to read reports. It's the only, like, the thing is, is I like to read a report because it, someone took, first of all, someone took the time to do something that was extremely boring and put it into text and then take the time to actually distribute it. So, well, when,
1: Christopher, w- you are a better man than I am.
0: <laughs> but I will tell you, once it gets over like a hundred pages, I skip to the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of reports, a lot of uh, scientific reports, have the the uh, executive summary right at the beginning. Yeah, it tells and you so you
0: get most of it all right yeah. there. That did you ever even look or see the nine eleven report? It, it, it came, I have a book. I have the actual report I, I I, and purchased the book. <laughs> okay. It was like was that a congressional publication? Yeah, so they had the full 9-11 report that came out from the government, and so they published it. And so I went out and bought it. How long was it? Oh god, it was so thick and so long. I bought the paperback version. Um, it had a very plain cover, and which was also was just spewing out boredom. <laughs> but I wanted to hear about all you know because you all this time we still hear conspiracy theories and. And so I wanted to at least read what the government had to say about it, and yeah. um, and then also when you hear these conspiracy theories, you know, well that's not what it said in the report, or you got the report wrong. You know, I, I like to be able to be able to think that out and say, well, that guy's kind of a loony tune. You're, I didn't get through it all. Like I read like the first hundred yeah. pages, and I go, and then I looked at the end. I'm like, yeah, there was a there was an act, there was a big explosion at the end, and so.
1: A couple. Oh, which brings Actually, me... There, there were a couple of big, big explosions at the end. Yes.
0: Three. Which brings me oh, cool. just... I'm, I want to get back to marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there are memes now that make jokes at the Twin Towers as the funny part, you know, the...
1: That's the gag? The gag. I haven't seen those things. I just
0: think it must be a generation thing because we still remember and still have those feelings, but these younger kids have no idea what happened but we were kids and our parents were part of the whole Pearl Harbor thing you know and how I remember hearing that in fourth grade maybe it's third grade fourth grade and then hearing it again a few years later and that uh, grandparents had signed up to go to the military and teachers it's and never once do I remember like a Pearl Harbor joke you know being the punchline. (laughs) Where I'm sure
1: there were. We probably don't remember them. I do remember when I was in high school. Uh, the I don't remember which one it was, but one of the uh, shuttles, uh, you know, the space shuttles, uh, exploded. Oh, yeah. uh, it was the one that exploded after takeoff, just after takeoff, like 20 right. seconds after takeoff. Uh, and one of my um, classmates. Th- so th- this happened while we were in school in the morning, um, and and the teacher, the, one of the principals, came around and told us each class that the challenger i think it was a challenger i don't remember which one it was but their space shuttle blew up one of my classmates who will go unnamed said made the joke oh i meant a bud light because at the time the the bud light was running ads where they were like blowing i don't know if they were blowing things up oh, but oh no it was like you know, no, i think i do remember it was it. like a light because it was a yeah so yeah, he yeah. said no i meant a bud light and he you know did did but do well you're right. after that.
0: I do remember the shuttle about only a few years later being terrible tacky jokes. And I remember thinking, okay, that was pretty uncool. Something like the space shuttle, where unfortunately people died, is is nothing like three thousand people dying. Well, you
1: know, the the, the, the bigger point is. <laughs> and though, those people knew make.
0: that was a possibility. Those people sitting in oh, yeah. the office oh, building yeah. had no idea. No. Totally well, different data. So it was
1: it was the second time that the twin the twin towers had been attacked. In well, interesting up.
0: you say that. I was I was actually in New York.
1: With the first one, where they tried to blow up the uh, parking garage.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was there. I think I was there during that time or right after, and they had found backpack, if I remember correctly, and
1: I think it was a truck or, or a van or something like that.
0: Maybe it was a combination. Maybe. The, the point I was saying is that when that happened, even knowing that they had been attacked, because I had been in New York when, when all that went, happen, went down and that the, the, it was big news, I still was surprised for some reason. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because of whoever thought about using a plane as a missile mm-hmm. or the fact that so many people died or a combination, but I just remember thinking, holy crap. You know i couldn't i couldn't even hardly breathe when i saw the news it was pretty shocking but when they when i read about the attack at the bottom i just remember thinking good our government's doing a good job of this stuff our tax, our tax dollars at work
1: that first attack when they tried to when they tried to take i think they parked a um a van in, in in the parking level was incompetent thankfully there was not enough explosions there was a lot of smoke but very little damage as I recall uh, it was the second one was obviously much better planned yeah. and considerably more successful if you want to you know use that term. Uh, but my point about comedy is I think it's I think anything is fair game for comedy as long as it's funny and that that can vary you know not everybody finds the same thing funny so yeah, that's I give, true. I give, I give comedy true. pretty wide berth. And, and latitude is to, you know, go for it. If it doesn't work, you know, it's on you, but I'm not going to take anybody to court over a joke.
0: Well, to break it down into low, low brow humor. So as a kid, I hated your mama jokes, just hated them. Um, I was on a camping trip with a bunch of kids and they were in the back and this was a cat scouting event. And then one of the kids said, Hey, I'm not going to say the kid's name, but Hey, can you do all the mama jokes? And we sat there, I don't know, it must have been 40 minutes because it, it felt like forever. Maybe it was five minutes, I don't know. But the kid just went on and on and on with these your mama jokes. And I could not stop laughing. <laughs> so it's almost like, uh, I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, I just thought it was the funniest thing. Maybe it's because uh, there were some new topics that were brought in there that I, you know, were kind of fresh.
1: A lot of it can be delivery too.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the kid, kind of a funny kid. So anyways, marijuana.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting about that because I don't know why.
0: So I was, this whole thing started with reports and me spending forever looking at a ballot only to still not mail it in because I want to bring it in oh, person. Okay, yeah. We, I went over that whole prop about legalizing recreational marijuana mm-hmm. and I had a discussion with my wife cuz we tend to do it together, mm-hmm. you know. We didn't know what to vote on that one because here I am. I'm 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 17 years old. I just moved to Los Angeles from Phoenix.
1: So this is about 60 years ago?
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and so 30
1: years ago maybe.
0: <laughs> and so, you know, there's there's dope everywhere. And I had lived there actually as a very small child too when there was dope everywhere. But I would go down to Venice Beach, which was like my favorite place to hang out. I used to do the drum circles and just surf there. I just had a really great time. But on the weekends, they would have these little tables with these sponsored hemp things where they're trying mm-hmm. to get yeah. marijuana legal. And I remember always thinking, live and let live. I mean, who cares? It's just it's just. we drink beer. We drink Whiskey, we drink alcohol, what's a little marijuana going to do, right? And so I'm thinking, yeah, I don't care. But, you know, I'm not legal to vote yet and I'm I'm all cool with it, right? A few years later, now I'm 21. And I'm like, you know, they really should put this on the ballot. I mean, I don't know why they're not doing it, you know. And then years later go on and they finally get the medical thing. And I remember thinking, well, that's cool. I mean, self-medication, I do it once in a while. You know, for example, is. If I have a headache, I might take a aspirin, right? Mm-hmm. Or a Tylenol, which I don't do hardly ever. But let's just say it's a really bad one. And I decide to take it. I, I self medicate. Or for example, maybe I remember one time I got a sunburn that was like I couldn't believe how painful it was. And I I drank a few few whiskeys that night and
1: self-medicating
0: self-medicated the pain went away
1: <laughs> we, we talked about a little bit about your self-medication in the, in the last episode and it seemed like it was pretty <laughs> significant medication you were using
0: <laughs> we were talking it was like whiskey, half a right?
1: bottle of wine oh a couple yeah. of shots of whiskey yeah some That's beers like and then something mixed with coke or coca-cola with something with caffeine in it, so you wouldn't go to sleep, sleep when you're drunk. Right, apparently, right, right. being drunk. And it sounds like
0: I'm a, a drunk, but the truth of the matter is, <laughs> just, I, I limit those recreational type things to pretty much Saturdays only.
1: I'm trying to make you sound like a drunk because it's more interesting.
0: <laughs> so, um, and if I was a drunk, would I really admit to it? <laughs> no. So here I am. You know, I moved back to Phoenix, and I'm doing the whole family thing, and. I still have friends and family in Los Angeles, so I go there all the time. And they finally make recreational marijuana available to everybody. Well, legally available to everybody. Legally to everybody. And the feds aren't making busts everywhere, occasionally just to make it so we don't forget about it. and Obama basically got rid of, you know, the feds even caring about marijuana. At least that's how it appeared. Mm-hmm. So here's what it turned into, which I would have never expected which was you couldn't go down to Venice Beach without it just reeking of the most worst skunky, for those of you that know what that is, skunky marijuana. I mean, so I can't bring my kids down there to do the things that I do because I'm feeling like they're going to get stoned (laughs) on their way down to the (laughs) beach. And I can't take them surfing down there and I can't take them to the music things. And I did, and I'm like... And I'm feeling uncomfortable that they're there. And they're like, do you guys smell that? I'm like, yeah. Yes. What is that? They know
1: what that is. I'll tell you, I'm going to interrupt you for a moment. Just my little marijuana story. I remember my brother's room in high school. It smelled kind of weird. It's funky. And I never understood why it smelled that way. And then I I went to college. Yeah. And I I learned a lot in college. One of the things I learned about was what a room that has had marijuana in it smells like. And I was like, that's what my brother's room smelled like. And it made, it finally made sense what their odor came from.
0: <laughs> well, okay. I will just go to my little past story. So my parents had this brass uh, Indian design. Uh, I'm talking uh, um, Eastern Indian, Asian Indian design. It was this beautiful brass vase. And I remember I used to open it and it had like this cool, like little, Holes in it, and then it had like this little secret compartment. When you went a little farther down, and it was all brass. Years later, I realized this was some kind of bizarre, like smoking apparatus. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it had like a stash. It was—I've never seen anything like it before. I've never
1: Do you have a picture of it?
0: Maybe like in a family photo, like in the background. That would be worthwhile. I don't even know where it is. Yeah. Anyway, gotta, gotta track it down. I should track it down. The parents went through divorce and then no, I'm sorry. other stuff. So I'm sorry to track up but but anyways, the gla- I, oh, glass company. Marijuana.
1: The glass company I was working for was half jokingly working on a bomb. Okay. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. So that was under different management.
0: <laughs> so I've worked for a couple of companies, and I have. I always find it interesting. <clears throat> you have the products that they market. Uh, you know. I work on the advertising. We can ha- hire, you know, for video and we do all that stuff. And then a lot of them have like the the products that are in the closet, so to speak, the ones that actually make the company money. <laughs> and it's stuff like like what you're talking about, like maybe they make bongs or maybe they make some other product they don't want anybody well, to know about. I was,
1: no, no, no. I, they they I don't think they ever made it.
0: It was just on and the it table. Was,
1: it was on the table. And I think, like I said, there was kind of a half. It was joking, but I think there was some seriousness as well. Oh. so that was different but I understand what you're saying where companies want you to think that this is what they make money off of when in fact it's this totally right. other thing
0: so I worked for an entertainment company and they had a contract with um, National Geographic and they had a contract with
1: uh, I was trying to think of an example National Geographic is a great one National Geographic tries to sell itself as being oh we're selling all this great information about geology and world, world. culture well it's about the boobies
0: yeah, <laughs> That's related directly part. like that. But no, I so sorry. the company, I, the entertainment company I worked for, had a contract with National Geographic. Uh, they were trying to get a contract with Disney and um, and some other companies. I probably shouldn't be mentioning, but we had one computer set up for one editing booth, and it was all provocative. <laughs> <laughs> this is back in the day when people made DVDs. It was all provocative DVDs, and um, and I was talking to my my manager and uh or whatever the guy that was in charge of the floor we were on he uh he and i were talking on one occasion and then on another occasion about how it was so important that we don't talk about the computer (laughs) and the guy that worked there there was a guy named scott who worked on it and his job was basically just to do this one anyways it was 50 percent of our revenue when that you one say little editing station compared to the seven or eight other yeah, ones, plus sound equipment just, in other rooms.
1: I want to clarify this a little bit. When we, when you say provocative DVD productions, yes. you're talking about adult entertainment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: <laughs> which is a great euphemism. Adult entertainment. Adult entertainment. How much better of a euphemism can you come up with for what we know we're talking about? <laughs> but I think you need to be. You seem like you were dancing around that a little bit more than you needed to. So. The company you're working for had had a part in DVD production, and half of the revenue came from the adult entertainment section uh, division of that company. Yes, and they didn't want anybody to know that. No,
0: but it's because you were
1: trying to get to work with Disney,
0: <laughs> right? Among others, Warner. I mean, all the others. And so, what was always kind of funny was there's a whole marketing thing that goes with that, just like in any other business, and so not being part of it, but yet being part of the company and knowing what's going on there, you start learning about this other side, mm-hmm. this dark world. I don't even want to say it's dark because people are going to be upset well, about that. part
1: of it can be, I mean, let's be honest. It seemed dark some to some me. Some of the, that content, maybe a lot of it is even kind of dark.
0: You know, when I think some about...
1: Some it's not and some of it is. It's when just, I think about CD
0: Hollywood and, and when I used to trollop around there. (laughs) I remember thinking, it's the adult industry that makes Hollywood as seedy as it is. You think so? Yeah, I think there's a lot of perversions with a lot of stuff going on, but the adult entertainment world, at least when I was there, which was basically the 90s and a little bit after, it seemed so part of everything but yet no one seems to really like talk about it but it was obviously there
1: is it really okay I, that's how I felt okay. and,
0: and it could have been just the circle I was in and I'm totally off base on this but when I hear people say crazy things entertainers from Hollywood I'm thinking I wonder what's really behind that I'm not
1: <laughs> I'm not really impressed with most of the entertainment establishment because uh, they seem like they say one thing and they do another thing. They see, you know, they, they're all about equality and equality of access and yet they give their kids all the parts or their brothers and sisters. There's a lot of nepotism that goes on in Hollywood. Plus, they're all about you know, spreading the wealth and yet they get the biggest paychecks right. in the country for acting.
0: Hey, here's the thing is, they associate with the charities and I'm always surprised when I find out later they got paid be part of that charity
1: <laughs> really i didn't know that see this is, this is one of the interesting one of the many interesting things about steve jobs is that he people think look at him, look back at him uh, and think of him as being very ungenerous his deal was because apple never sponsored anything under his leadership his deal was that he he thought that when you give money to someone you should do it anonymously so as not to put any kind of taint or or connection to it or pressure like if you give money to a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen or something, you don't want to, you want that to be a completely generous act with no strings attached. So you do it anonymously. So that's what he did. So anytime a company gives money to any endeavor, you know, there's a connection there. There's, there's some kind of repro- reciprocity that's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, well you're regardless
1: right. Regardless of even if you know it or not, it's going to happen.
0: It's 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 always interesting uh when people pass away and you find out that they were part of a charity and you had no idea because that seems to be when it comes out um and then i'm always surprised when someone dies and you don't hear about a charity <laughs> that they've been donating to
1: well i'm always suspicious when i hear that you know facebook or some uh, or zuckerberg or someone is doing some big charitable work because you got to figure out why they're doing it is that, are they doing it for self-promotion are they doing it to be actually generous about it uh and sometimes they are being generous about it and sometimes it's you know once a little bit of research shows that they're it's this is really self-serving
0: it seems and this may or may not be true but it seems like a lot of soon as they get negative publicity it seems like very shortly after there's always there's a cherry oh, okay. and i'm like it's like Exxon and all the money they give to the arts. <laughs> it's like every time there's an oil spill. Oh, boy, the arts are going to get so much money this <laughs> week. <laughs> it's like the arts almost hope there's an oil spill well, the so they can thing, give funding.
1: And, I, I, and I, this may, may make me sound like I'm a hypocrite, but it, it was pretty funny that a lot of charities now are giving money back when there seems to be something, some wrongdoing. Shady. Um, and there was an example of that a couple of years ago when it was the Oxycontin, was it Oxycontin? It was one of the, um, not codeine, what's the, uh, opioids. There was oh, that right. one company that was doing all the opioids and they were selling really hard and this is, they're, they're, And there were some lawsuits that came out of that. Oh yeah, they were sued because they were implicated in really pushing the opioids and causing the opioid crisis that we have. And a lot of arts, they had given that company had given a lot of donations to a lot of arts organizations. And a lot of those organizations were returning the, the gifts because they saw it as being tainted. And I was like, this is a bad company. They should be penalized. On the other hand, if you want to give me arts endowments, bring it on. Because, like, <laughs> the money, it's already been collected. And if they can dole it out, dole right. it out. So marijuana. Because <laughs> otherwise, you know, if you give the money back, it's just going gonna, gonna to go into some... I don't know where. It's, it's probably going to go to a
0: lawyer, really. Let's well, be honest um, about it. Okay, so let me go back. To the oh, yeah,
1: we didn't finish with marijuana. I, I don't understand. Are you for or against the legalization of so marijuana?
0: It, I'm, I'm going – I'm trying to finish up on that. and That's okay. They were not. So now I'm in California, like I was saying, and there's marijuana everywhere. I'm down in Venice Beach. It stinks. I'm going down to Los Angeles, and I can smell it as I go past apartment complexes.
1: That's probably the Salton Sea, which we have in follow-up.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. Go ahead. And so – I, I get last week or I'm looking at the ballot I'm like do I really want Phoenix to smell like Los Angeles and, and it's it, granted Los Angeles has gotten better now that it's been a few years it doesn't smell like marijuana everywhere do I really want to be walking down the street to, like going down if you're from Phoenix they you know we have Ro- Roosevelt Row or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it downtown for the for yes. our arts yeah. you know at the beginning of the the month we have our art thing every first Friday, which is just so much fun down there. And do I really want to go down there and just like be inundated by the smell of weed, whether I smoke or not? It doesn't matter. The point is, is that it's like, I might like go to a bar, but I don't want to see people drinking in the streets. I don't want to see like whiskey flowing. I'm all about let people do what they want to do. But at the same time, I have like this conflict. Is like, I don't want that to live in that environment so as you know it passed
1: yeah well i don't think all the votes have been counted but it would seem like it was well it looks like it, like, yeah, like it was like
0: 60 20 or something yeah it was
1: it was much stronger than i think uh it was predicted the the yeah. so far but you know not all the votes have been counted so we don't know for well sure, here's but another it thing even like with the medical marijuana ahead.
0: what about those monstrous billboards that they have for a while with just big hot leaves everywhere like encouraging so my kids driving to high school right Mm -hmm. and he goes past two on his way to high school two advertisements like why aren't you on medical marijuana that's how I feel like it
1: how is it different from alcohol
0: I don't think it is different
1: except that it's less, less deadly
0: that and the fact that okay I hear where you're going with this but the thing is is that when I drink alcohol on my front porch I feel like no one's really going to know about it. On Saturday nights sometimes, I like to sit out with my wife and enjoy like a nice drink and then, especially this beautiful weather we're having now. I feel like the, my neighbor on what, the right side of me my neighbor on the left side the neighbor in front of me maybe won't be affected by me having a cocktail in the evening. But if I'm out there smoking a joint on my front patio or even my back patio, the whole neighborhood's going to know.
1: No, Christopher, this is your problem with being a super taster. You smell things that the rest of us don't. I, I I don't think if my neighbor was smoking marijuana that I would smell it on my porch.
0: You don't? I don't think so. So this is a good discussion to have in a couple months and see if you still feel the same way. You know, so uh, the libertarian streak
1: in me is all for marijuana legalization. Yeah, it that's seems,
0: how
1: I feel too. Uh, I'm not confident, completely confident, in the science has been settled on this because there are some contradicting views scientifically about how if it's you know dangerous or not. It is pretty clear that it's dangerous for young people. So any law that should have been passed should have been passed with the stipulation that you can't smoke this legally unless you're 25 or old. 25. 25 is that all the scientific? Why not evidence, 21? All the because all the scientific evidence shows that until the the brain, the brain is fully is formed. It can cause it in rare cases, but it can cause psychosis. So why, why take that chance? Why not just wait until 25 and make legalize it then? You know, it's, it, it seems, it's annoying that we have for no reason these, these age limits on things. It's like, why is it 18? Why is it, why was it 18 for alcohol? And then it changed at 21. And you can go die for your country in the military at 18, but you can't drink alcohol. And there's whatever. My point being, let let's base these things on science, or at least reason, or or some something empirical. So let's make let's legalize it. And I think it was kind of a silly, silly thing because I think it was uh, you can have up to like one ounce of marijuana legally, yeah, one ounce, and a certain number of plants. Look, it's either legal or it's not legal. I think this whole point of having like oh, there's this certain well, amount. That, of- if
0: I remember correctly, an ounce is like nothing. Oh, that,
1: no, an ounce, well, an ounce actually of dried plant material would be a, I would think would be a considerable amount
0: oh I guess for one person but I was thinking like for let's go back to the alcohol thing so in yeah, my day I have the, like six good, bottles of alcohol at least
1: that, well that's a good example they don't limit alcohol don't, right? once you're 21 you, oh, you can only have one beer at a time people have they, wine cellars you can have more than a six pack at home
0: yeah well yeah. Oh, anyways
1: if we're, are we done with marijuana
0: well, I just want to say the word marijuana, marijuana. one more time. Because <laughs> before fun. you you can't Mara, say Mara the word G-wana? marijuana out loud unless it's in the context of a discussion. If I just marijuana walking... <laughs> And I just I, I got one what I tell me this, James. Why do we call it Mary Jane? I mean why don't we call it? Mine is silenced, thank you. This is the problem with drinking coffee outside while we're doing this. <laughs> don't like, don't let like, them know oh, we're drinking we, coffee. Don't, don't we, say coffee. Why do we call it marijuana? I mean, I, I'm sure I could Marijuana
1: I could, or Mary Jane?
0: Or either one. Or Why do we call it for what? it? Why do we call it. I'm not from California. How the hell would I know? I don't know either, right? California. I'm not a stoner. Hey, I want to hear about the Sultan Sea. Oh, okay. So, we were talking up. about that last week. That is
1: exactly what we were talking about. Yes. You were completely right. It was caused by a break in a levee. Went on for a couple months. There was actually one of the um, railways, uh, rail- railway companies, blocked it off. They they sent because it, it, it broke one of their lines. So they they created special trains that they could just run into this part where they had bro- the, the levee they had broken. They just ran these train cars. Into this area to block it up, and after a couple of months, they finally piled enough of them up that it, it, finally, it finally blocked it off. But in a couple of months, we have now the, one, the largest inland lake in California was created, and initially it was quite a boon. And this was in, an, in a depression. This was an area that had once, you know, many thousands, t- tens of thousands, maybe millions of years ago, had been a lake but had dried up. So it's it's very big, but it's very shallow. And salty. Well, it's salty because uh, what happened is once there was water there, the farmers came in and started irrigating from that uh, from that body of water. So it's now being it was now being uh, developed for farmland. Uh, so communities came in, and then people decided. I think it was in the forties. Wow, this is two hours from L.A. Let's build some resorts and go kayaking and surfing and all this <laughs> other kind of stuff. Uh, But the problem was it kept getting all the farm runoff, which was overly salinated. And so it became saltier and saltier and saltier and eventually killed off all the fish. And it wasn't getting enough water to sustain itself, so it was also shrinking. So the salinization was becoming even more uh, condensed. And now it's one of the greatest environmental dangers that California faces because as it shrinks and as it creates these very dusty lands which are now overly salinated and also filled with pesticides that dust gets kicked up and blown all the way to LA.
0: Oh, you're kidding.
1: And this is so in 2000 I think it was 2002 2003 they made some water deal where they actually started pumping water back into it so cuz
0: I I thought I didn't know that I knew they were putting water in there but I didn't know why they were putting water there.
1: Yeah, to try to, to try to stop this this environmental dust. nightmare of dust. And everyone in the area basically has asthma. So, so they did that in 2002. Yeah, it was 2002 they started pumping water again and they made this deal. Because water, obviously in the West, for people who don't know, is a huge deal. Right. It's like the number one thing that we care about. Because uh, you know, there, there are rivers that run from one state to the next and water rights are really important. Um, so they made a 15-year deal. And he said, within these 15 years. 15, with whom? I don't, one of the water districts. So, okay. again, they, they made a deal with someone who had water to give them some of their water to, to, to refill the sea. So that slowed the process of salination and, and, and drying up. I
0: bet the resorts, it, but they brought the oh, water. Oh, the resorts back are dead. The, the the, the Originally, was ocean water.
1: No, uh, I don't think it, no, it was part, it wasn't originally ocean water. That, that is one of the, the propositions, though, is to try to, to, to bring ocean water to it, but that's, you'd have to build a really long um, pipeline to do that, and that would be very expensive. Well, they
0: expensive. do it with, the, with the water already now, fresh water. I mean, we get water here in Phoenix from the Colorado River.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, water rights. <laughs> um, that's because the, the natives, the Native Americans, drew, uh, dug all these trenches for us, uh, these, uh, what do call it, um, canals. That's why Phoenix is here, because there were already the, the Indians who lived here built canals. And a New Yorker came over the hill and saw all these, these canals. would be, hey, you know, if we put water in those canals again, we could probably do some farming here.
0: And they increased the size of them, of course.
1: Yeah, but they were already there. You know, it gives yeah, yeah, yeah. you a head start. Um, what was I saying about uh, the Salton Lake? Okay. So they made a 15 year deal and they said, okay, well, within 15 years, we'll fix this. Well, 15 years later in 2017, nothing had been done.
0: I love going to California and the people in California are wonderful, but I got to tell you, it's part of this craziness with California. Here you are, a group, basically a state that could be its own self-reliant country Mm -hmm. and mismanagement and wacky ideas and the lack of common sense and the policies they put in place. Don't make them more productive. It just creates one nightmare after another. And going, watching the political environment change of the West, like Arizona turning blue Mm -hmm. and Texas getting close.
1: Uh, Well, it was supposed to, but it did not.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I don't know if I brought this up a couple weeks ago. I think it's 200 people a day move to Phoenix. And nearly all of the 200 are from California. So my fear for Phoenix is the mess that's in california is now going to be here
1: <laughs> you're worried they're bringing the marijuana that's what you're worried about it could be the i think 300 it could now. be
0: this well okay i understand but all the other stuff the fake is a, accusations that is
1: a reasonable thing to worry about the other hand there is a strong republican conservative bent in this state might tamp that might tamp that down well, based and on- then the other problem is that because it gets so odd here, a lot of people get heat stroke, and get, you know, then they're too dumb to do anything. <laughs> now they just all they do once you get heat stroke, the only thing you're good to, good for is making podcasts.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm getting low on my coffee.
1: I, I hear what you're saying, but I do need to do at least one more follow up. All right, let's see. This is from two or three episodes ago. Yep. We were talking about Miami Vice. Do you remember that? I do. And I was talking about that crazy episode where they had uh, Chuck Berry. I said Chuck Berry. Oh, Chuck Berry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I I remember thinking-
1: I was, I'm embarrassed to report that I was completely wrong about that. Okay, because I'm thinking
0: Chuck Berry didn't hardly do any TV. It was in fact James Brown. It was James Brown. So I got a little James Brown story. (laughs) James Brown, who I've been listening to since I was a kid, um, he went to jail (laughs) for having some problems, you know, with the drug world. (laughs)
1: But his band
0: didn't stop playing. Did you know that?
1: I didn't. I don't don't know much about music as we covered.
0: Oh, right, right, right. So uh, there used to be this club in Redondo Beach, California. It was called The Strand. And I went there one time because it was the James Brown band without James Brown. And I'm not saying – and, of course, I wish I could have seen him live, which I never did. Um, But I went to go see the band play. And and to this day, I really think it's one of the best, like – soul music uh, big, ba- you know brass I, Oh, it was, it was just so wonderful to hear them and so fun and the crowd was amazing I mean the thing is about music is you can have a fantastic band and then have some like boring asleep crowd and it's just it doesn't feel the same the musicians don't feed off of it and the vibe isn't there but if you get like a really good band and then you get a really good crowd it's it the experience is like amplified right and so the crowd was dancing and cheering and and uh feeding off uh the music and uh, i just remember thinking uh, at the end that i had just saw something that was really extraordinary
1: that is so funny because we couldn't be more different in that you want to be in the midst of live music and i like live music from a distance but the way I want to consume music is alone in a room, late at night, <laughs> lying on the couch with earbud, earbuds in my ear, with my eyes closed, and just letting it fill my brain. Well, that's It's cool. just so funny how different we are in that. Uh, well, do you dance? I have danced.
0: But you don't dance. I
1: know enough now. I've done enough dancing to know that I should not dance.
0: Ah, uh, everybody should dance.
1: No, there are some people who should not dance, and I should also not sing.
0: Well, you we were talking about alone. I love to dance, but going out, especially when you get older, it doesn't always happen. So the alone thing, when I am lucky, and and I don't want to say lucky like I want my family gone, but if I get a moment where the whole family is completely gone and it happens to be in the evening, I will crank up the music <laughs> and that's my alone. I, I don't sit quietly and just-
1: Dirty dancing?
0: I'm i do not dirty, dirty Dancing um, what was the name of the movie Risky Business yeah <laughs> definitely Risky Business uh, that's embarrassing but I used to do it in high school too I remember I couldn't wait because both my parents worked and so and my sisters would take off to do whatever sisters do and I would be in the house alone maybe like on a Thursday or Friday night maybe and um, yeah and my friends weren't over at the house yet or I wasn't on my way yet to a party or whatever we were doing that night and I would definitely crank up the music, and was so glad that no one was there. But you're right; I like to be where the people is. I mean, that was the greatest thing about moving to California for me is going down to the Sunset Strip and going to all those rock clubs, and then go down to Hollywood Boulevard. There used to be jazz clubs on Hollywood Boulevard, and I would go down with a piece of identification that might have showed I was a little older than <laughs> I actually was. I I'm gonna, I'm not gonna. Sh- Sure about that, or kind of. But I would get in these jazz clubs and uh, with the two drink minimum, and just sit there and listen. I, I, the problem with the jazz clubs, I would often be by myself because you know you're late teens, early twenties. It's hard to track.
1: Early teens, yeah, yeah. I get well, I'm sorry,
0: late teens, <laughs> late teens, early twenties.
1: No, I, I was. You said late teens. I was just <laughs> oh, oh, correcting you. Early teens.
0: So Pre-teens. going to these jazz clubs, and then. Um, but you're right, I love the, the the audience and the crowd. Once I was in Costa Rica, and I was I went to go see some Latino kind of style jazz. Not, because I had gotten there early, because you know I don't know how things work in other countries, so I just heard about this club, I went to it, and I'm like the only guy there, you know, with my friend that was traveling with me, we're the only one there. And then, as the crowd came in, I felt like the music got better as the night huh. went on. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it went from, oh, this is, real bummer to wow this was so fun
1: isn't there a musician who is famous for was it Miles Davis who was famous for not looking at the audience like having his back to the audience and playing oh, to his band I can't I don't know I think that's how I would I read I that magi- magi- magician musician
0: I read that Jim Morrison when he first started he was nervous and used to face the drummer a lot like he didn't want to see the crowd but here's the thing about being on stage and and I've been on stage a couple of times performing. The lights are so bright in your face, you can hardly see the audience anyway. So I don't understand that logic. Well, I don't know. I just wouldn't want to be. I can see maybe the first time going out there. Maybe even, you know, maybe you're a new musician and you get out there and you're playing and there's, you know, you can't see. It.
1: Or if you're an introvert like me. But uh, really
0: when you're on stage, you can hardly see. I mean, if you're in a real place with real lighting, and you know, it's hard to see. Other than the people like right at your feet, it's hard to see too far out. And you can hear them, though, right? You can hear them when they're cheering, and that can get...
1: <laughs> I haven't heard that, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, so... And I can't, I'm so sorry I keep talking about... So I used to be in this cover band when I was... Uh, first moved back to Phoenix. We did uh, friendly songs, right? So we got on this kids gig where we were doing cover tunes, like like all the music from like the Shrek movies, right? And I remember going to um, this, this place over in Phoenix, which is and it was a father-daughter dance we got a gig for. And I was thinking, this is gonna be the lamest thing ever. Because I was just brand new to Phoenix, and I didn't really,
1: yes. A father-daughter dance.
0: Father-daughter dance for the live band, was, yeah. Was this Mormons? No, okay. no, Catholics. So, <laughs> so we get there, I'm thinking this is lame. No one's gonna be there. It was huge. They had invited like multiple churches to come over and it was all little girls and their dads. And I remember remember before the stage, I'm looking out through the curtain. I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot of little girls out there. Anyways, the screaming and the the high-pitchedness. Of the volume of it, I could hardly hear the other, the band members. And we're all looking at each other and we're like, yeah, we can't hear each other play. (laughs) And I remember thinking, and I don't want to compare myself to the Beatles, obviously, but I, you know how you hear those stories and you've seen the footage of like the Beatles and the screaming. Uh, I had read somewhere that once in a while, the Beatles didn't even play. They just pretended to play and we heard a recording in the background. I remember thinking at that, show that uh, we did, I'm like- Like Vanilli that did that? No, no, they just totally- that's yeah. another whole story, but oh. you're right, they did that. They lip synced. They didn't
1: actually sing. They didn't sing their own song. Okay, I don't know the
0: whole story behind that one. But anyways, uh, I, just, didn't mean to interrupt I just remember I couldn't hear. I was very frustrated, but yet at the same time, I just wanted to play because they were so excited to see us. And we, were, we didn't do any original music at that time, nothing. And uh, I just remember thinking... This is an example of how I was like, "Oh my god, we're going to be playing for a bunch of little girls and their dad." Not excited about anything, and then getting there, and the audience was so like hyped up on us. I was like, "Okay, this is kind of cool." <laughs> I don't know. Is that weird? crazy. Is that weird?
1: It's very weird, but not not in a weird way. It's weird <laughs> in a surprising way, <laughs> right? Because you go in to get a gig expecting one thing and get a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, and that's how life can be. That's what's so great But, about like,
1: you know, it's just, it's just so funny how different we are, and yet we can still get along.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, like, oh, we should, I'm, I don't want to get too far into this, but this is Wednesday the 4th of November. Uh, there was a little thing yesterday, some election or something. Oh, right. Which is still going on.
0: <laughs> and, and maybe for weeks.
1: Oh, gosh. I At have least not. days. Yeah, I think, I think I'm settling down a lot. I was I was a lot more nervous about it than I expected to be. But uh, I, I think part of it was because at night, one of the last things I like to do before I go to bed is, is get on YouTube and watch some comedy clips and maybe some uh, educational videos, like, you know, key and peel for comedy and maybe some um, last things I've been looking at. Have been, well, I also look at a lot of RV reviews for some inexplicable reason. I'm never going to have an RV. I just like looking at them. Uh, instead, I get on YouTube and it almost half, literally half of my recommendations are political stuff. It was going freaking crazy just reading the titles of these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, making, no, I felt the same way last night.
1: It was making me nuts. So eventually I just I just gave up and started watching Lin- Lindsey Stirling videos. Do you know her? <laughs> Not really. Okay. She is a young violinist who I guess I got through her because I, I listened to a lot of ambient stuff. Uh, ambient music oh, yeah, when, like I, back, when i right? do work
0: yeah yeah i'm the same way
1: um and she is kind of ambient she, she a lot of uh what's the word uh instrumentals she does some vocals as well but i get i can't i came through that she's a great violin, violinist not that i'm uh competent to make that judgment because so i don't i don't know music but uh her videos are amazing because i think she's also from arizona She's not only a great violinist, she's an amazing dancer. Not that, again, I'm not qualified to make this decision. <laughs> but the thing, she like bends over backwards and through her own legs and, and still playing the violin.
0: Oh, I have seen her. Yeah, she is fantastic. And she, you're right, she does the dancing and she does the uh, folk dancing too, right? She does everything. Yeah, I saw. A, I actually she saw her a, a couple of videos. A
1: really interesting range that she covers, from classical to like Scottish. To I was
0: wondering when I watched that if I was hearing if she went. My, I was curious. To, I'd be curious to see her live. Speaking of live music, I
1: would expect that to when see, she's doing those crazy dance moves, that she's not really playing. Yeah, okay. but that's true. Of, you know, of any music video when they're making, them. but they're don't you playing. find
0: it curious, like? Remember when Madonna used to do all the crazy dancing and sing at the same time with the little head microphone? She was kind of the first one that really like... Was she the first one? No, but no. she was definitely the first one that everybody saw. Okay. Right? At least, at least the first one I ever really saw. It was every time you saw her, she had like the little fuzzy microphone in front of her. And then they finally got rid of the microphone It's a stick. You know what I'm
1: talking yeah, about? Vaguely. Yeah, vaguely.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, and I remember her dancing. And just going off like she does. I remember thinking, I don't hear any like because you know when you even when you talk like when you know how you might go jogging or riding your bike and you're talking, your voice is not steady because your body's right. moving. And, you're, and you're, I always you're, wondered, you're, you're trying to breathe. Yeah, well, it, you know this funny thing where we have to breathe. I always wondered, is are we really listening to her live or are we just listening to her lip sync? I
1: think in the 80s and 90s, it was very common for people to be lip lip syncing at their concerts. That's yeah. my I, not that again. Not my area of expertise, but that was my understanding. Well,
0: can I go to to Michael Jackson? Oh, if we must. Just before his demise, he was starting to do a lot of stuff with the Jackson 5 again. And I was watching them, you know, YouTube videos and whatnot again. And they were out of breath. Like, they were dancing. And you can see and slightly hear, they were definitely not lip syncing. Because, you know, Mike will do a little move and the thing about Mike and his genius was he moved with the music. So I think uh, like, say you had like a, uh, a jolt in your body because you did some kind of cool move. It would be in the space of the music. So it didn't, you didn't hear it now, but his family, not so much. <laughs> right. So they would be doing this fancy dance, keeping up with Mike. And uh, <laughs> you could hear that Mike and the fact that they're, you know, older, sixty plus years old, maybe not sixty, but at least in their late fifties. You know that you could hear the voices weren't quite. Uh, so that
1: that was that was my guilty little thing last night. I just gave up and listened to Lindsey Sterling. That's cool. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was it best way to relax?
0: Well, I got very anxious last night. Me too. So I decided I was going to watch a little bit on the I t- I don't really watch TV in the old-fashioned sense, like with commercials and. You know.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's that's. Does anybody do that?
0: Well, I did it last night and I go, you know, I'm just going to, it's after dinner. So I started around and it was six thirty, seven o'clock. I got wrapped into it and I, and the next thing I know, it's like 10.30 at night. And I'm like, I had work to do. I had all these things to do tonight and I'm sitting there watching. And it, it was just the same. This is how people get wrapped in like CNN because they just repeat the same thing over and over and over again with a slight variation with maybe one slightly new little fact. Yeah. And all of a sudden you, you want to hear it.
1: more information than it was last time.
0: I don't know why it's so addicting, but I fell right into the trap.
1: They've had decades to perfect that thing. And I do not go anywhere near live broadcast television or any kind. I don't go near Fox or CNN or MSNBC. I think one of the.
0: Well, I don't watch CNN at all. One of my happiest moments.
1: What? One of my happiest moments was, uh, I guess it was maybe 2008 or 9, sometime around that, when we cut the cord and I couldn't watch Fox and CNN anymore. And I just get all my news from online news sources that have at least take a few minutes to write the damn thing and publish it before it actually has to go out, right? Instead of actually doing it live on air. I think that was, I, I think we can trace a lot of the degradation of our news cycles back to the eyewitness news movement of, when was that, the 70s maybe? Where, you know, they suddenly had the ability to put a camera in a truck and send oh, people right. out. Which did a couple of things. Yes, it was. They had an investment in the camera and the truck, but it was a lot cheaper than than hiring a bunch of investigative reporters to actually do reports. So they sent. You know, it was easy to throw a couple of people in a van and send them off wherever. You know, oh, there's an accident. Oh, there's a murder. Oh, whatever. Someone fell off a bridge or something. It was a lot cheaper and easier to do that, and more sensational than to actually do actual reporting.
0: Well, and, I remember that was the time period where we started seeing the crazy weather guys.
1: Yeah. Also, this is the time period where there's an inversion starts to happen, where our perception of our safety is inverting from our actual safety. We are safer now than we have ever been. We our perception is that we are way more susceptible. to... I, I know people who won't go out by them by themselves because oh, they're, they're afraid.
0: This is a whole we have to. This is a whole topic. We really need to talk about safety next time because this whole thing. I, I talk about this stuff with my kids all the time about safety and and. Luckily, my oldest son, uh, he, he doesn't feel the fear that the general public does. But I think the other kids,
1: maybe. Well, we drill it into them.
0: Yeah. All right. I really need to get another cup of coffee. Yeah. No worries.
1: So, all, right. all right. Thank you for coming over. Thanks for listening. And see you next week. Thank you.
0: so bright. Don't you come on out, it's making light, light and bright for you. Sleepy head. Don't you see me? Peek-a-boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want Yes. Is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea, and it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it will bring a brown. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee.